0: With handle art to spark trolls and charge tolls to cross roads, your bandits are catacombs and giant doors. Protect the chest stores and stores legendary items with the dragon bones and iron. It's ore. a grand theft of milk scrolls, Simons Questler, toe and earl, rock the shoes to ever clue, Easter eggs and gaming news. The police need some bad dudes to crash a crew like bandicoot. all shit of in and English, and control the shoes. Game in English Control Issues Yes, yes, y'all Yes, y'all, yes, yes y'all. y'all
1: Well, this is Control Issues I am the
0: AMC And this is A-Dub And my headphones are plugged in But hey you can catch us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for control issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod, where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure, and hop on over to X. My control issues is the handle. Lastly, shoot us an email control at gmail.com. AMC, how are you living?
1: Living well, they do, living well. It's uh Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. Um I've been had it eating so much food this week. <laughs> it's been great.
0: Nothing but sandwiches. Yeah,
1: uh I know no sandwiches for me. I've been what? doing just straight up straight up plates of, of recreations of Thanksgiving meals. There's a lot of leftovers for some reason. Mm-hmm. So, um it was awesome. Uh
0: yeah. hey everybody on Ozenbig.
1: <laughs> so much family so much time spent with them got in some workouts it was it was great it was like nice taking advantage of this time off i also took off monday to extend the the holiday <laughs> weekend so, yeah so i'm just enjoying all of it watching wrestling like i had like like so first of all the week has been just great being around family and all that good stuff um updating my my I my Apple Watch uh, recently, and they they changed some of the stuff up, which is pretty cool. But one of the things is um, they added some stuff with the mindfulness app that I just started oh. taking advantage of, where you can, yeah, like where you can that uh, it like it'll remind you during the day to like log like your mood and everything, and um and kind of like what what factors are playing into like your your current like state of mind in that moment. Um, but what's cool is that so I already do like the sleep app and then the workout stuff so it's logging all that information and what it was saying is that um like who knows it may or may not work but the idea is that if he knows that your mood is like kind of (laughs) sliding and you might it has all this data where you can look at it and literally see like well my sleep is down i haven't worked out in Mm -hmm. over a week Mm -hmm. yeah you gotta and so you can see all those correlations to your current mood
0: have a a data-driven approach to figuring your shit
1: out yeah exactly <laughs> so i just started trying that out so we'll, we'll see how that's going but health is wealth as as we like to promote at control issues pod <laughs> we're on it too
2: <laughs>
0: hey, i'm all about it we've been promoted we just didn't yeah like that that slogan but yeah health is wealth is the movement yeah <laughs>
2: exactly
0: Cause dude, like um the watch update it it makes a few more of the watch's basic functions a bit more accessible. Like now you turn the crown and you get all these widgets. before mine is just mine is just um my watch is just a watch face. It's just the numbers. But I always wonder like what day is it? What is today's date? Now instead of changing my entire watch face, I can just move to a widget and like, oh okay, there we go.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It's all there, readily available um so yeah enjoying that um and yeah i was saying like and then last night like i was just had that moment where to so hang out with Russo, we watched a little bit of 8-bit christmas rewatching that mm-hmm. great great movie it's uh we watched it whenever it came out like on i think it was on max like a couple of years ago sort of been hbo max and then, and we watched it the first time we watched it we we're like oh this is immediately like one of those holiday tradition movies mm-hmm. uh, starring neil patrick harris but it's all about um you know you know the movie no, no, it's about like oh, basically. Uh, I
0: think I do. Like, isn't it yeah. kind of a, a redo of the Chris of a Christmas story?
1: Yeah, except he's getting the he wants the Nintendo instead <laughs> of so the Red rider we gun.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> <The> <laughs> Red like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, he's like, it's all it's it's great. Like they the one kid on the black who has a Nintendo. And the kid gets the power glove, and they're all yes. like excited. And then it's that moment when everybody realizes that the power glove is just terrible. <laughs> it's just one big marketing scheme. Um, back man, in the days of
0: the shortest honeymoon periods on Earth. <laughs>
1: yeah, dude. Like back the if the power glove came out today, Nintendo would have been sued so
0: hard. <laughs> like, dude's False like, advertisement. Yeah. This is this is coercion.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm supposed to beat Mike Tyson's ass with this power glove. <laughs> Yeah. Um anyway, so yeah, great movie. Watch that. She goes to sleep, play a little play a little uh Dragon Ball Kakarot, then I play a little Diablo, then I That's watch right. WWE. Uh they had our an event survivor series, so watch a little of that. Like it was just it was phenomenal. It was just like a great week, capped off with a great night. Um so yeah, I'm I'm just in heaven right now. How's how how's your week been, A Well,
0: you know. Thanksgiving doing that, hanging with the fam. Finally got to see uh Spider-Man 2 in person. So watching he single play that, then who shows up? None other the up and comer, baby Jackson. He's not a baby. He's like what is he 2015? He's like he'll be 8 this year. So but he's the man. He comes in, I'm watching my brother playing Spider-Man, showing me all the all the new improvements i don't think he ever hit the ground once it's like just flying all over the city it makes absolutely no sense <laughs> just so easy and like even to the point where you can do loops and like you can swing around things and stuff and it's just all the tricks all the suits all the all the all the special moves where you, you hit the ground and you vault back up, oh man, it was so awesome, so little man comes downstairs he's like, okay, I try to play the game, so my brother being the good uncle that he is turns the swing assist up to like halfway just to just to get little man in the game gives him the controller, of course this kid is, like, it's unbelievable he's doing some amazing stuff and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm losing my mind, in the chair, I'm like, oh did you see it, he went through the fire escapes, oh uh, uh, it was it was such a good time and that was a good bonding experience for all of us as you know uncle and nephew in that situation and it was just nice seeing a space light up getting that positive reinforcement being my brother just geeking out on everything he's doing like oh oh you do this hold this trigger and press this button and then this will happen oh quit hitting that pausing the game not d- just working them in it, yeah man you know it's it's that kind of positive reinforcement and stuff that we needed as kids, <laughs> except with people just constantly persecuting video games and gamers by extension. Like, right, like you playing this? Right, it's boring. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, nah. But now, you know, we're bringing them in, open arms. So it was nice doing that whole experience of uh, health as well. My brother had the bright idea that we should all do, four, all the men of the family should do 40 push-ups a day and hold each other accountable and check in. So about three days deep now, I'm hitting mine. It's no big deal. It's interesting, though, because, like, my dad gets on. He's like, I did my 40. Oh, I did 30 more. Oh, you know, just like, sir, it is not a competition.
1: (laughs) I I got you. Your dad's got, got a fake hip, right? <laughs> let, the man, let the man brag. <laughs> <laughs> let the man brag. <laughs> or the,
0: orthoscopic knee surgery. He yeah. got the replaced hip. Yeah. He looks great, though. Yeah. He's, he's uh, down, I think, either at or under 200. Wider than me. It's just like, oh, the belly's gone. You look good you your, your b-neck. Got the cuff on your shirt. I see you, son. <laughs> no, my dad is killing it. So, you know, that that's motivation. And, you know, anything to, you know, have a, a little togetherness and positive motivation with the men, men of the family. So, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, just been chilling, man. I don't even think I've been outside except to collect food. So, I kind of need to fix that. I think I'm going to go out tonight. Try to, like, early evening, sundown kind of stuff, but, like, not late. I'm trying to see people, but not, you know be there by myself so we'll see what happens And yeah man just been enjoying my time off playing around with the idea of renting a car since my car's in the shop and i don't know how long it's gonna be but i know there's like two more weeks of in office days so i i guess i gotta bite the bullet on that i got until tomorrow to figure it out but we'll see how that goes
1: yeah is your insurance covering it or no
0: they should and i believe they are that's my coverage yeah, okay. so Hopefully, I don't get any funny business when I go to the counter, so we'll see.
1: That's good. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, hanging out with family, doing the damn thing, but I know you had to get, get in some gaming in A-Dub, so what you, what you were gaming on?
0: Man, I've been playing virtually nothing but Starfield.
2: I oh, hey, can yeah, hear it.
0: I, I'm just, I love the game more and more. The more I play it, it's unbelievably awesome since the, the latest patch. Uh, Added that consume button. It made eight items just way more, way more integral into my overall experience. And like, I'm looking at the levels differently. I feel like I talked about this last week. But yeah, it's just still being as instrumental in the overall experience as it always was. I'm leaning more into my bounty hunting background. And whenever I'm in town, I stop at the mission boards, stack the two the two bounty hunting missions, the Tracker's Alliance missions, whenever I get a chance. So as I'm out there patrolling, just I can always take that little diversion. Like, all right, let's go take this dude down, get some quick money, get him out the systems, got a ship battle, knock your boys out. Oh, high level ship, take out the engines, board it, take out the crew, take your stuff, get out, blow the ship up anyway. So yeah, it's I'm enjoying myself. The, something else that came along with the latest update was that there's a setting in the game called HDR brightness and by default it looks like it's at 0.8 so I've been gradually turning that down and every time I do I end up bringing up some additional detail in the game and its textures like I'm, I'm looking at walls and rocks and things with of renewed zeal. Like I've never even seen them before. Like there's just so much detail that's being drowned out by that HDR brightness. Like light, like light sources and certain reflections of light are very harsh on the eye. And I just approached it kind of like how photography works in a way. It's you know, in general you want to capture more light. Like there's a there are benefits and uses for high ISO speeds and you know small uh, what is it quicker exposure times but I prefer to have slower ISO speeds and longer exposure times to capture more light so turning down that brightness is kind of allowing my eyes to take in more details and I didn't even realize how much visual fidelity I was even on the table it's it's like playing a different game Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing like, things that I thought were certain colors, it's like, oh, there's, like, greens and yellows in there. Like, every every outfit or, like, every in-game asset I look at, there's a layer or two of, like, wear and tear and stains on them. Like, certain people's clothes have stains. And you can see, like, fabrics and underlying patterns. Like, some things look shiny and plastic. But when you look really close, there's, like, a mesh underneath. And it, it's just rolling light in all different directions, like shirts that I thought were just plain white shirts actually have small triangular patterns throughout. There was even a part where I was doing a mission on Aquila City where I was going with um one of the one of the guards to go investigate some Ashta at the same time this chick was running this this experiment to try to you know enhance their process and help them with of course Old boys like, oh, we've been doing it this way, and this is the way that it gets done. And I ain't trying to deal with all that technology. <laughs> and then eventually they become friends, and eventually they discover that homegirl was right and it would have helped and it's gonna save lives. But yeah, doing that, I was talking to my man out in the sunlight, and like the sun was hanging high, so like the shadows were cast down. It's like his clothes look real. Everything there are moments when this game looks real to me and I'm just like oh this science fiction fantasy is everything and at the same time I'm watching the the fourth season of for all mankind so I'm looking at that show and looking at how they represent their vision of the future of the space program and how we colonize different planets and things I'm like look at that door look at those boxes look at that cargo area and I come to starfield I'm like it's 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 if you put them side by side it's like yeah obviously this one's more futuristic but by and large they're working on the same foundation and that's that's like an awesome thing to see how closely they got into like this this nasa punk thing they they were serious about that and yeah just continuing to find settlements and missions that i missed the first time around continuing to explore different systems survey planets um acquiring skills that i didn't have in the first go so now i'm digging into like modifying my suits and doing that research i'm thinking about getting into researching nutrition so i get more value out of the food items and then i can heal more and then i have to use less of the med packs and all that stuff like i say those for combat then i don't have to pick them up as often saving inventory space <laughs> yes it's rapidly approaching the point where i'm gonna I'm going to need to build another ship and I'm going to need to at least build one outpost. I recently purchased some property in Aquila City. And if you know, you know, but I, I bought a house and an apartment. Like, I'm, I'm making money like crazy because with being a new game plus, with my level, I think I'm level 63 now. It's like most weapons that drop are advanced every now and then I get a superior and those are like the two highest tier qualities. And yeah, man, selling, I'm selling so much stuff. I had to become more familiar with all of the, the, the vendors and sources of money in given stops. So like I'm finding vendors that I didn't know about before I'm doing things for vendors that I didn't do before. Like there's one guy in Sedonia on Mars like he just keeps giving me missions like yeah if you could just uh get your hands on these items then uh, I'll pay you pretty well you know you can find them at this this abandoned station <laughs> so go there do that get the stuff come back <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of bang bang in the middle of that but having a blast i got your girl hold on so uh we talked about it in the pre show but I, there was always this activity to go investigate this distress signal in this high-level star system, and I never got around to it in the first the first run, but I've been doing it now, and I found this place called The Crucible, where basically what they're doing, this it, spoilers if you don't want to listen and fast-forward about five minutes, but basically what they're doing is like they're taking the, the DNA of the most influential people in history and making, like, trying to see if the leaders emerge and if they overcome the situation and earn their right to go you know sail among the stars and so i get involved with that i, I let a questionable individual run free and, and at the same token i found an npc that i was looking for you you girl amelia Earhart. and now i got her on the crew of my ship mm. but, man, But yeah, I let I let a a dodgy individual roam free, and I'm starting to see what might be the consequences of that decision. And I'm starting to think to myself, like, damn, maybe homegirl was right, and I shouldn't have shot her. And maybe I need to do something about this dude, (laughs) because he is just leaning hard into piracy. I I, man, you know, people say things about Starfield. And then I'm playing the game and I'm having a totally different experience, even from my initial run. I still feel deep in my heart that this game deserved a better chance among people or just that there are so many people hellbent on making sure everyone thinks it's a bad game. It's a fantastic game. It's doing everything. Any other, well, not everything. Of course, there's no dismemberment or gore, which I don't fault them for. That may have been causing problems. But like by and large, it's the same structure and it's doing most of the same things that past Bethesda RPGs have been doing. And I'm I'm having a blast with it, which is all that matters. And I just hope other people who are really into science fiction, really into space travel, are also having a blast with it. Don't let all these these naysayers and these haters bring you down. It's like I understand some gripes, but there are a lot of criticisms to this game floating around that are either baseless or inaccurate. So, you know, just keep enjoying the game. Starfield is an excellent time. It looks a lot better now. It's, they keep tightening it up and we're still on the road toward additional content being added and who knows what shape that might take. Other than that, been playing Overwatch, been getting back in there with E-Single. You got, even got a game with the AFC in there, which was, yeah. oh man, it felt like, Good old times, just going nuts. <laughs> but yeah, been playing that. Finished the battle pass, so I'm set until the new season starts. Patiently awaiting the official arrival of Malga, and I'm going to be shredding everybody. But yes, AMC, what have you been playing? Um, few games, same three
1: games, pretty much. Uh, play a little bit of Overwatch, play a little bit of Mario Wonder, and. Play a little bit of Diablo, Mario Wonder, still pushing forward in that game. Can't really say much more. We got uh, another new ability, which is kind of like in other Mario games, like you know, when they would give each character their own kind of specialty, like where a mm-hmm. princess could like float, Mario was kind of like that in between. Toad could dig faster, Luigi had like the big jump. In those games, Luigi I did not had- know Toad
0: could dig
2: faster.
1: Yeah, yeah, Mario 2, he he digs the fastest. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
2: He, so, he is a plant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so uh Luigi, he would have this thing where he would jump and he would get like these runny legs in the air, but mm-hmm. get like the highest jump because of it. And so one of the badges I got like added that feature. So I can do like a high jump and it has like a slight little float to it, not really like a glide, but you know, like that that runny like float. Um so I, I use that. But that's with
0: that's with all the characters.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if you use that badge, every every character gets it. Um, legs. Yeah. So did, got that. Got another one where it's a perpetual bounce, like kind of thing, like a a pogo stick where you're just always bouncing. But you can get a higher bounce, but you're never walking. It's just bounce, 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 bounce. And then like you can basically super bounce yourself. <laughs> so it's that was wild. still yeah exactly so that was wild um but yeah just enjoying the game playing that enjoying the shit out of it um also played uh yeah as you said some overwatch hopped on with you guys i've been you know you you and e-single been talking about it they we got you know was it mauga coming soon um and so uh it's gonna be a
2: new
0: era for AW.
1: yeah so i feel like it's it's a new time to jump it's a it's a good time to jump back in now that i'm done with um was a Diablo's campaign. And I'm in that in-between period where I'm not going to, not going to try to shoe in or shoehorn in, or uh, in another game that came out this year to squeeze it in before uh, the game of the year choices. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of just play wherever the hell I want. So it's great. So I, um, yeah, hop back on overwatch um, immediately just focusing on Lucio. Everything felt good right away. I felt like the big thing with Lucio that I had to get used to was one timing his shots because he has that three round burst, and so you have to really like lead your shots, and the velocity on them isn't quite the same as I would say like other guns. So you have to you have to really lead the, the guys to hit like all three shots. Um, but then two, um timing his ultimate because there's like a you know it's you're you're throwing on the on the on the shields for everybody, and so there's a right time to use it, which is one offensively. Like if you know you're about to get a big push, it's either. You can use it at the very beginning. The way I typically use it is we do that big push and it's kind of like an even fight, an even fight. And then right when I see like the first team member get right around like mid health, I throw it out there. Oh. And it's almost like it's like that. It's what is it? It's um demoralizing because yeah. you're just like, I was about to kill him. And yeah. now they all <laughs> just got powered up. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: oh, man, you snatch their hearts right from them. A- Right when they just start to pump, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: And no, <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and a lot of times like they're, they're getting aggressive, so they're like they're they're breaking their ranks, getting behind enemy lines, getting mm-hmm. out of position, and then all of a sudden it's like now nah, you're on, our, you're stuck on our side. <laughs> so yeah, um, using it then, and then also just knowing when to time it to um to counter other specials like divas or whoever else is that's going to try to take out everybody in one shot. Um, so yeah, it took me a while to get took a few matches to get that but now that i've got that down i feel like i'm i'm feeling like i'm, I'm back to fighting shape with lucio so i'm gonna start branching out to the other sport characters but yeah just like it's it's a great man you could take like a few months off of overwatch Hop right back in, and just it's you're right back to that goodness. It's like like, and the thing is, there are changes constantly going on in the game as far as like retooling characters, reworking certain things, nerfing and buffing. But yeah, it's still the same good old Overwatch. You just have to like catch up on like what changes they've done to certain heroes. So it's it's great from that perspective. Like it still feels fresh, but also while feeling like you know like so like that soul food. <laughs> so yeah, um. What do
0: you think of Sombra and Roadhog?
1: Uh I, as I said, haven't seen much of Roadhog. I have seen some Sombra in uh the few matches that I've played in Sombra has been at least the characters that I've the people that I've gone up against that have played as Sombra have been handling business. <laughs> it's like it's it's pretty like like one like uh they just they get that when they hack you and then when they get that blast going it's i just see that health whittling on the squishies the samras Summer's a bit of a problem um haven't seen much of roadhog so i still got to see that that reworked uh roadhog and how what is it like he, he throws out like a trap now yeah. he throws out a
0: trap but the big thing is that his healing is no longer on a cooldown instead he can use it whenever he wants and it's on a meter like Diva's defense matrix. So what you're seeing are these roadhogs that are extremely aggressive and very front line where right? they're just up there, taking their shots, taking their licks, pulling people out, trying to get the the combo going. But then as soon as the going gets tough, they just pop their little, pop their little take a breather, retreat to the back line, come back in, and knowing that they could just repeat that cycle, like rapidly, without needing to really retreat, wait for that cooldown to come back like there's no there's no vulnerability window until you run out all of that healing, so it's you're seeing some silly roadhogs, and then he has the trap where it's like, all right, put down the trap, grab the dude in the trap, taking damage, slow down, shotgun, done <laughs> so <it's> like Jesus. <laughs> It can yeah. get mad, and then he still always has the ability to just hang around like a pit or an edge and hook you and throw you on that. Oh, it, it's funny. yeah. Remember, Dan. Remember, uh, was it before Overwatch Two came out when they did that Roadhog nerf and they were like the Night Sweet Prince? Oh
1: yeah, i never die. They're like. Because you can't one shot anymore with Roadhog yeah. off of the hook. Yeah, <laughs> like, "Oh, he's done now. He's useless." Yeah. Yep, and
0: then his numbers <laughs> dipped. Like this, this brought him back. He's back in vogue. He's back in the forefront.
1: Yeah, I also feel like his maybe his like hitbox with the hook was like a lot wider, <laughs> so like he would just he would catch people from around the corner like <laughs> mm-hmm. that. Like it's crazy.
0: Oh, I'm sidestepping that hook, no problem. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> got me, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Ah, shield. Oh, babe. Oh, bomb. <laughs> yeah. no, like, I'm sorry, I, I'm having flashbacks.
1: Like I like it. it's like the Roadhog is like they they always try to make a character formidable without making it op <laughs> like like where it's just like where it's too much yeah. and I, I like that they're always trying to find that right balance of like no, no no you don't want to fuck with this character but yeah this character ain't cheap anymore <laughs> so yeah. I was like always finding that balance um yeah i love uh but lucio is just ah, it's just as i was like as you're talking all i was sitting there thinking i was like lucio is just so fun to play as was like he's one, the, the speed up like I was like like the fast characters but like the speed up using that on the teammates I've been using that like been really like trying to heavily use that a lot more and then timeout because like, before what I do is I would usually hold up the heels and then I would go speed if it was time to like chase somebody down but now what I've been doing more is holding on to the speed and then pay, really paying attention to the the countdown on the the heel boost. Because like basically like right when that hits up, then switching to the heel, hitting that heel boost, it immediately just throws everybody's health right back up. And then right when I see everybody, everybody's full, then going right back to the speed um, to get people moving around. Because it's just like I don't know, just like listening to like watching a lot more basketball. Um, one of the things that they always say is like it's all about like what what makes a, a player great is getting is how well they can get to their spot. Because it's all about getting to your spot and then getting your shot off (laughs) and Mm so it's like for the defense it's trying to keep you from your spot and from through like the scouting and everything they've done beforehand and then for you know for the the offensive player it's how can i get there like most efficiently and be able to get off my shot as quick as possible and so just think about that like with overwatch and knowing that giving the speed burst allows people to you know get to their position to you know be ahead of the enemy or a lot of times to like chase people down. It just makes that big of a difference. And so yes. I've been really utilizing that, uh, that speed burst to, you know, really like support the team from that perspective. And it, it's great. Like taking some time off, come back, have like a little fresh mindset of how to approach the game. in um, certain characters. So just absolutely loving overwatch. The last one Diablo uh where we left off, I completed the campaign. I uh, had yes. taken a few weeks off Um and I was just like, ah, I got to get to. The- I was at forty nine, so I was like, you know, I got to get that Paragon level, um, yes. <laughs> so I can start doing these what, the Capstone Dungeons.
0: Uh, well, I mean, you could have been done the Capstone Dungeons without Paragon. It just depends on where you were with your character. I said okay. to do them like five or six levels ahead of what they are.
1: Okay, yeah. When I was reading the IGN thing, it said it was like by levels, and so it was like fifty was what the first one that they had listed. So I didn't know if I was able to do that.
2: Um, oh but- yeah, it
0: becomes available. Ten levels before you're at its level so the level 50 capstone becomes available at level 40 the level 70 capstone becomes available at 60 oh okay nice yeah
1: Yeah, so i started doing the the whispers (laughs) for the uh for the
2: (laughs) trees
1: yeah yeah so that was dope i went did that um and then this is the first time i actually like because i was just pushing i got to a point where i was pushing through the campaign wanting to beat the game so um I didn't really play around with the um the aspects especially mainly pulling oh, them wow. off, pulling them off of legendaries and then throwing them onto another like weapon and making that mm-hmm. a legendary. So I've been saving all these I've been saving all these uh legendary weapons uh, oh, with wow. like different abilities that I liked but I just was like ah, I'm just going to keep moving, keep pushing forward. So now last night was like the first time where I was like let me just go through the stash especially now with the all the quality of life updates like that stash is everywhere (laughs) so like you go right to the person with the cultist and like stash is in there you go to the jeweler stash is in there so it's it's easy to just move around get what you need and then handle whatever changes you need to make and so it was great just went there went through all of my stash just grab this grab this grab this this, this, pull that pull that pull that change this change this change this and it was great like then i had uh that was that was like the first time i learned that i couldn't stack like minion on minion um as far as uh numbers <laughs> on diff- with different items so like i had a, a shield that increased my total amount of skeleton warriors by three so i was like oh hell yeah then i was like, an oh, then you got
0: another one <laughs> yeah and
1: i got an amulet i got an amulet that increased my uh you know, my minions by, by three. And so I used that, and then I noticed that one was, like, blacked out, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I was like, uh, okay, so it's, it's capped out. So basically, I think the most I can get is, like, seven, or seven of the Skeletal Warriors on top of the three mages and then with the uh, the golem. So I'm not really complaining. I, I got a crew out there. Yeah, but, you, uh, can't, you can't have
0: duplicate aspects. Yeah,
1: exactly. So um, because of that, what was great is I was able to go in, grab a legendary, found... Uh, aspect I wasn't using pulled that got that added it in and then now now I was rolling rocking and rolling again um so yeah that's been great making did,
0: significant power gains
1: yeah yeah that's great um went and did a dungeon got um got one of the um aspects from there um yeah and then yeah just got to level 50 got my, I still got to read because I was just reading the board and I was just seeing if there's like any type of strategy. Like, is there a strategy to move through the board? Or are you just like, kind of like, I want strength <laughs> and then say so you put a point into strength or is there a way that you like the, strat-
0: the strategy is to look at what legendary node it offers and what um the rare nodes are.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I saw like you, if you hit like something, it pulls up like a secondary board, but I didn't really understand what that what
0: was going on there. Yeah, that's the exit it's like the, um, I forget what it's called. It's like the exit glyph or something or whatever. And it gives you plus five on all stats. And then it gives you another plus five when you attach the next board. And then that's, that's how the paragon levels work is that you're moving these notches and then you get to the exit tiles. And then that allows you to attach another board and you move through that and you're just putting those, you're putting those notches. You're tracing a path to the nodes that you want. So if you want the legendary node, you got to lay a path that connects all the way to the legendary node. Along the way, you want to try to get as many of the rare nodes that contribute to what you're trying to do as possible. So like you're a necromancer, so if you, there's a board that most of the rare nodes give you additional minion damage or additional minion defense. And you would just see how they're laid out and plot your path through the board to hit the rare nodes you want, the legendary node, the glyph, and get out to the next board so you can add even more abilities. Then as you're unlocking those abilities, the rare ones, they have their abilities, their primary abilities will double if you achieve certain stats. So in the first board, it might be, oh, 250 intelligence, and you get an additional 10% minion damage. And then when you go to the second or third board, it'll be like, 450 intelligence, 470 willpower, get additional health for your minions, and you know, and it'll do like that. And then you get the once you get that glyph node, that's when you can insert a glyph into it. And a glyph is something that you get inside of nightmare dungeons and yes. as a reward for doing the whispers. But the glyphs have even different abilities. It might be, you know, you get an additional 12 and percent damage while you're healthy or you know Damn. it might be something like increase the effect of of like rare nodes in range by 30 percent but with the glyphs so you get that extra that extra buff from when you get the stats right but then you also go into the nightmare dungeons and after successfully beating those without running through all your revives then you can level up the glyphs, and that increases the the potency of their effect. And then, like at level fifteen, I believe they get a wider range, so they can they, they have a larger area where other nodes can contribute to their power. And then I think they max out at twenty one. You know, yeah, good times. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just,
1: it's just a button masher.
0: and then so like at most you'll have like four or five paragon boards connected to each other so that's four or five legendary nodes that you've added that's four or five glyph abilities it's probably like anywhere from i don't know eight to twelve or more rare nodes and magic nodes for double and additional abilities it's just man, there's a lot of power like Case in point, when I was playing shortly before I hit uh, max level with my Necromancer, there was a Paragon board I had that I was like, I'm not really getting any benefit from this. So I looked through my choices, backed all those points out, picked a different board, put all the points back in, and it was like, ah, here we go. <laughs> I gotta mm-hmm. just significantly reworked my, my power structure and just found a bunch of a damage I was leaving on the table so you know the paragon boards it depends on your build but it's it's a way for you to extract even more power from whatever build you may have come up with and perfected by the time you, you hit level 50 and now it's like okay now you can start to create different kinds of synergies and things if you really want to dig into it
1: so yeah I'm doing I'm working on that now <laughs> so that's yes. great uh I definitely i'm gonna put some work into that because i i i'm enjoying the whispers i thought it was like a big dungeon but it's it's like those just like going into a cellar except it's a, mm-hmm. it's a badass boss battle every time so, it's great. <laughs> so i'm enjoying that um i'm gonna um, love yeah. cellars. yeah um Especially. yeah yeah it's awesome nice and quick and just a good fight every time so yep. loving the shit out of that um and yeah played some dragon ball z Kakarot. not gonna say much more there just that it's it's awesome like i'm i'm flying through the world i'm I'm, it's all the fandom that i wanted from this type of game and that like i'm just like i'm in awe as i'm flying through the world of dragon ball z as piccolo or as goku just when my burst my burst fly um and yeah it's it's fun it's great the action's good it's everything that i want it to be and then some it's definitely you know i'll, I'll talk about it more but let's let's take a quick break we're going to come back discuss a little bit more Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, and then we're going to get into these topics of the week. Top topics of the week. Yes. um, Yeah, so, you know, I don't have much more to say about Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. (laughs) Um, Just that, you know, it's just, it was a game that I was trying to figure out. I was like, is this game going to be kind of mid, like mediocre? But, um, you know, but like, because it's Dragon Ball Z, you know, I'm going to enjoy it. But I'm I'm enjoying the shit out of it. <laughs> so like I'm I'm very pleasantly pleased with how they've been able to pull this off from a one open world dragon ball z game, but also capturing the burst fire combat to then, you know, you play a Spider Man game you want to know how good the swinging is in the open world like it's like those little details are very important to you know putting you in the in the shoes of of that character that you've been you know just watching for years and so um with dragon ball z it's with this with kakarot they've done such a good job of like when fleshing out the world but then also just making it fun to move through it and feel like you're you know a saiyan or just you know one of these powered individuals moving throughout that world and coming across characters within it um even and then the moment the moment like just storytelling because they're literally just going through the story it seems like i i got to king kai's planet i had to do that whole part where i'm where i first meet him and i have to tell him a joke to make him laugh in order to to you know as my first initiation before he'll train me. So I had to make that right di- dialogue choice, made him laugh. And then he's like, all right, I might have to teach this dude the KO Ken. So yeah. yeah. And then it jumps back and I'm back to Piccolo training Gohan, p- playing as Gohan. I gotta go and Take out take out a dinosaur to get some dinosaur meat. <laughs> That's <laughs> As, right, I
0: forgot about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's like there's it's just all that stuff is going on. It's it's great, and there's there are just dinosaurs around in the world, and <laughs> you can hunt them and uh, get their food, and then go and cook it. So um, it's great. It's awesome game. I'm loving it. Very pleasantly surprised, and just you know, just a fun good time. Um, it, that is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, but hey, yes. dove. That's enough about Dragon Ball Z. Let's get into these topics of the week.
0: Uh, to- topics, topics of, of the, of the week. week? It's never too much Dragon Ball.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: never too much, especially as the games get better. I know, that's not good.
1: Um, so yeah, just to set up this week's news, last week we, we had pulled a bunch of stories, but the uh, the game awards ended up just taking the entire episode so there's yes. just a lot of stuff we didn't get to this is also a thanksgiving week where there's not a ton of news so we're going to be so keep that in mind we're going to be covering some some stories that we felt were important from last week that were worth discussing while mixing in some some current events from from this this week i don't so even I remember, remember the stories from last week i know they all kind of blend in with that turkey <laughs> um, so hey Dev, what do you what do you want to lead off with for the well topics of the week,
0: we've got a report, a follow up, like to a developing story. So as we know, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic remake is kind of in limbo. It's in, it's a, I won't say development hell. I'll say programming purgatory. And yeah, we just keep trying to figure out what's going on with this game. I know there's probably a lot of fishing going on in the rumor mills as to try to get things stirred up but so first we got the reveal sony exclusive knights of the old republic remake everybody's excited optimistic oh what can this be i can't wait excellent get then we come to find out that hey it's not panning out the way that it's supposed to we're gonna find a different developer for this game it's like all right cool you know maybe Maybe it just wasn't going right. And, you know, you need to get it in the right hands. We don't want them to mess this up. We don't want them to put out something that isn't deserving of the name of the legacy. So, you know, go on, do that. Then we get word that the game may be canceled. (laughs) So now the follow up story to that is apparently the game is still alive. So Jason Shearer made an X, or I don't even know how to say that.
2: He yeah, made it, a tweet. It, 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 it <laughs> tweeted, it tweeted.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious that a company that very publicly changed its name will never be called by its new name. <laughs> <laughs> Not seriously. Like, X, you don't know really mean. <laughs> but yeah. Uh Jason Shearer says, can't say whether the Knights of the Old Republic we make will ever actually come out, quote unquote. But yes, two people from Sabre Interactive tell me they're still on it. Despite recent rumors that nobody is working on the game, Saber took the project from Aspire last year, as Bloomberg reported. Then, so you know, I'm seeing different kinds of reactions on the internet. I mean, people like myself, of course, we just want this game to get into some capable hands and see to the light of day. Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic was, I mean, it was one of the games, at least for me, that put the original Xbox on the map. It's one of the games that put I, w- I want to say BioWare on the map. This was their game, right? Like uh, BioWare yeah, day. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a BioWare's game. Because that, that, that one of the things with this is like, like, like we couldn't trust the current bioware regime yeah. to take care of this yeah. game now. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, keep going.
0: But yeah, so I mean that was one of the, the calling cards, the original Xbox. That that was one of the games to put Bioware on the map with me. And I mean Jade Empire, yet another one of those games. I mean, can we get a remake of that or a sequel? Come on now. The, the talent's out there, just roundabout. <laughs> but yeah, I see the Old Republic, people are enthusiastic about it. You know, it sucks that it's going through this this kind of turmoil, I would rather they put something on the table than to just let the dream die. AMC, how do you feel about what's going on with the Knights of the Old Republic remake?
2: I mean,
1: it, it's, yeah, as you mentioned, it's kind of funny just because, you know, when so you have to always wait till the end, because, you know, we're always in this rush to judgment mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to anything, when we don't even know how it's going to play out. And I remember, like, yeah, when this was initially announced. And it was gonna be a, you know, time exclusive or PlayStation exclusive. Everybody's like, oh, this is a, this is a coup <laughs> yeah. for Sony, uh,
0: they, <laughs> and- <laughs> taking that formerly Xbox exclusive.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, like that. Is, it's supposed to be an Xbox's game. Uh, Sony is a coup by Sony, and then now we're, the game Ooh. is in development hell, <laughs> We're trying to find yeah. somebody to save the <laughs> save the game. Um, yeah, so it's like it's that's why it's never like. There's just it's it's kind of like a waste of time to mm-hmm. do that that early
0: reaction of like this is the
1: end. <laughs> like <laughs> this
0: specific moment spells the end. Yeah.
1: Like not not knowing how things are gonna turn out, how it's gonna look, even if it came out, how it's gonna look by launch date. Gotta, if people are gonna be happy with it. Cause you know what these games it's people are excited, and once you see start seeing footage, it's like, oh, yeah. it's like the diehards start coming out. Yeah. <laughs> they they got they have to give their seal of approval. you know how that goes um yeah so uh, it's unfortunate this is the case because this is a game that a lot of people were looking forward to but good to know at least that you know that the window hasn't closed (laughs) it's still open uh that you know there's still a chance you're saying there's a chance uh that there's still a chance for this to happen so yeah um i i am happy about that but yeah this is this is insane because
0: i mean it it knocks on the door oh go for, go for it, it just
1: it just the fact that this is a star wars property like you know if this was if this was ea people would be like this is everything yeah. <laughs> like, uh and so yeah it's, it's kind of funny how how all this is playing out but it's unfortunate because i you know people are looking forward to this game and you know Certain individuals might be having meltdowns that we're really looking forward to this happening sooner yeah. than later, but uh, yeah, so we'll just see when when it comes out. Because I, we at least know that there is definitely a demand for it, and people want it. So somebody who's got some money and some know-how to get the right developer on it will get this game out there, in, in some way, shape, or form. So I I, I don't um, I don't doubt that that won't happen. It's just a matter of when,
0: and hopefully it'll be in in a good state. So. I mean it, it knocks back on the door of the situation of when developers should be announcing games. yeah, because <laughs> you know, could could they not have waited until they gotten deeper in development, had something tangible to show and be like, hey, this is coming one year from now, six months from now, whatever like shorter announcement to release window, announce things, that you know are coming out and are coming out in the short term rather than the long term. Like why even, why even set yourself up to to go through this publicly? Like all this could have happened behind closed doors and then it could have just been some retrospective article about the Star Wars game that never was, the remake that never happened. <laughs> I don't know, that's where I'm at with this. I just think, it, we got to get away from announcing these games way before they're ready to go.
1: Yeah. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, Anything else before we move on to the next topic? Let's get into the topic of the week. Top, topic, topic of, topic of, of the week. week. All right. Give me a second. All right. So this one is from windows central. It's actually an interview with the, the CEO of a more <laughs> and um, oh man, yeah, that's yeah great. so we're gonna so basically just you know from the CEO's perspective, what went wrong, and you know their plans with that game moving forward because it's a game that you know some people were looking forward to, um you know, and it, it just came out and it kind of got buried, and I know some people had there are some people who who criticize, I guess, how it looked technically. Um, and then there are other people who are just like yeah just it was it was unfortunate that that happened to that game um but yeah let's see i've never
0: seen a game like just emerge into the ether like that it's just with no no fanfare no like not even people like hey actually this game is pretty good it just came out in nothing
1: yeah just complete apathy (laughs) like like like, like it's one thing to like you know, for spoken and people would be like, What is this? Marvel writing. Ugh, I hate it.
0: I hate everything about
1: well, it. Yeah, but it, it kind of just came out and like when people say it came and went, this is the prime example of it came and went.
0: <laughs> yeah. But also It's fifty percent off right now on the PS store. Okay,
1: well, you might want to hold off if, if you got a subscription service. <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> so
2: I'm putting it on my wish list.
1: Yeah, uh, let's see. On this is an interview on Windows Central. I'll give credit to the interviewee or interviewer. This is Samuel Tolbert, interviewee, CEO Brett Robbins. So there's gonna be a lot of eyes because this is written in uh, a first hand pers- uh, perspective. So. While it's hard, while it's hardly the only possible cause, I asked Robbins if the packed release schedule of 2023 contributed to Immortals of Avium struggling to find an audience. His response 100%. (laughs) (laughs) We're not in a position where we could delay or push out of our launch window. We set those windows quite a bit ahead of time because you're spending marketing dollars, you have commitments to a particular date. Robbins adds that the team already knew the chosen release window would be crowded as Immortals Avium was launching around the same time as Armored Corps six Fires of Rubicon, with Starfield following shortly after, and Baldur's Gate 3 was also right in that mix as well. Um his his words, um I've never seen a year like this he says adding it's always hard to break through the noise when you're a new IP or a studio people haven't heard of before trying to create awareness for us was really really difficult it's always hard for a new IP and this year was 10 times harder I asked Robbins if a avium would be coming to subscription services like Xbox game Pass or PlayStation Plus and if launching in one of those, on one of those services might have helped Immortals with avium at launch certainly those services give you a wider funnel more people might engage with the game that's always good he adds that yes we are talking to them about getting the game onto both of those services we don't have a date yet i'm pretty sure it's gonna happen though so i don't know aw you want to comment on you know just a game like Immortals avium launching when it did you know him saying that they didn't really have much of a choice of when to launch it. And then, you know, and then also just the idea of like, yeah, they're going to, they're now going to try to collect the bag where they can. <laughs> oh, <okay>. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, um, ah, man, especially for a company like EA, like Immortals at Avium look like it just, checked all the boxes and not in the, the derogatory way that people tend (laughs) to use. (laughs) No, it it wasn't a paid by numbers game. Like it just checked all the boxes, single player, uh, fast, frenetic action, completely original idea, like high production values, rock solid performance, at least from the marketing materials. I never played the final game, but yeah, just checked all the, this is a single player game done with care and intent. Like that's what it said to me, and then nothing. Just I mean, it was a, when did it come out? <laughs>
1: um, I don't have the date on me, but yeah, it's it came out. Let's see if it said it right here. I just said it came out in between Armor Corps Six and Starfield. So was that like oh, August, so like late August,
0: August June, yeah, August, September?
1: Yeah, late August because Starfield. Yeah, and then I think Baldur's came out Gate like, Three on PC. <laughs> Yeah,
0: exactly. Right around that time. So it was, Damn.
1: it would have been right within. There's, I think, like a two week window between like Armored Core and Starfield, if I remember correctly.
0: And then everybody had to have an opinion on Armored Core. So that's taken up a lot of time. Yeah. Starfield, everybody patiently waiting for that. It's going to
1: be the,
0: Yeah. <laughs> <hindering> the entire <laughs> success and longevity of the Xbox division on the success or failure of Starfield.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then Baldur's Gate just. You know, being the blockbuster, that it was.
0: yeah, <laughs> as my brother would say, yeah, yeah, that, that was that was a terrible time to be anything without any kind of name or brand recognition, you know, other than EA, which is still somewhat negative brand recognition.
1: if yeah. I remember right, like didn't um, Alan Wake was around that time, right? And they they pushed they the moved, project. yeah,
0: <laughs> I think it was like early October or
2: something um, like that
0: yeah it's either early october or like late september or something like that and then they I moved get it. it to late october around spider-man yeah but you know better to go up against spider-man than Baldur's gate armor core starfield
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean i don't know. like um it's interesting because the idea that they couldn't push out of that window because it's like for me, it's like, is that a publisher choice? Um, because you know, with Starfield, it was definitely Microsoft's choice to be like, this ain't coming out. <laughs> we're, we're holding on to this game, we're gonna let this thing cook a little bit longer. Get, get some of these Microsoft engineers in here to to, to give it a look. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they obviously held off on releasing it, but you know, the idea that they said that they didn't have a choice. I know they're part of the EA originals program, so EA was publishing it, but uh, part of the thing with the EA Originals program is that the uh, the developer gets to you know hold on to the rights. And they own their game, so uh, mm-hmm. it's basically like a way for EA to help a studio get off the ground. But it's interesting to know if EA was just like, "Nah, this is going out because it's part of our forecast." Like, I- I'm not sure why they would want to like this is literally like it sounds like you're sending the game out to die but maybe they believed in it so much which he did say like ea was super positive with everything they did they gave no input uh creatively on the game and they were just completely positive about it but yeah uh, it's interesting that like they had to hit this window
0: it's an it's unfortunate for Avium, but you know it was it could have been a, a big miscalculation because yeah. when they were going over all the leaked documents when the acquisition of Activision Blizzard was still happening, like there was that one document that said that Microsoft, like what they were offering to get Baldur's Gate or what they thought Baldur's Gate 3 was worth or what it was gonna do commercially, and they seriously lowballed it. So I wouldn't think that Xbox and Microsoft are the only people that would have perhaps underestimated the impact that Baldur's Gate 3 was gonna have. Maybe underestimated the impact of armor core six to an extent i mean probably thought that they were early enough to be away from starfield and perform and do what they needed to do but overall i would think that everybody in the entire industry just underestimated Baldur's gate three and then it came destroying everything (laughs) destroy people's perception (laughs) their ability to to you know dream and hope of things in the future it's like ah it's an anomaly (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: um yeah the the thing i always and it's you know it's 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 my i told you so (laughs) (laughs) is that you know this idea i always i'll I'll always hammer this because i always i feel like these games get a bad rap but you know whenever a live service game fails people do this thing where it's like well if it was a single player game (laughs) it would have been successful there's all like there's this this they always say if it was a single player game then it would have been successful. Like it's yeah. like just the fact that it was live service was the death knell. But then you see yeah, as we see, we see games like this just come out and die. Also another thing that's uh and and I told you so <laughs> to the uh the community. People are always saying like, oh, like what's it with rehashing like these franchises like uh oh, like why are we still getting these games? New IP comes out what do people want to get? They want they they want a, they want more. They want Armored Core 6. The 6th Armored Core.
0: <laughs> yeah. The next Bethesda RPG.
1: Yeah. The
0: third Baldur's game, which is also the third like console game. Yeah. For Larry.
1: Yeah. And then yeah, you know, we got we got later coming down the line. We got Alan Wake 2. We got Mario, another Mario game. We got Spider-Man another 2. Spider-Man game. <laughs> this is this is a time for big franchises, is is that fall time. So it's like like new IP, I get it. Like, as you say, it's it's a little different when you're an established development studio that people have that, that has like a strong following and will follow you to whatever new IP you drop as opposed to new developer EA original new IP drop it right in the middle of all these these heavy hitters um, but yeah I they, mean they,
0: hey even to the same extent Square Enix new IP PlayStation exclusive um, what is it spoken January yeah yeah, top, top cool? of the year only game nerd was dead only game here dead space remake this is the best yeah course <laughs> <laughs> like square square had to just digest forespoken and move on like I'm surprised that the talk about it has died down like that's how that's how good you know the year is when people just don't have enough time to hate on things that are just easy targets for them normally yeah because like everything it Aloy still comes up <laughs> Discussions <laughs> for for no reason at all, but everybody stopped talking about Forspoken at some point.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe it's because it, nobody knows the name of that that main character, so they can't, they can't just...
0: Single player, yeah. Huge world, tons of content, UYP. tons of moves, great visuals, yeah. great performance. Yeah. <laughs> no monetization.
1: Yeah exactly and but yeah, so people always want to say if it's single player i'll support it if it's new ip we got to support it they mm-hmm. get that and then now i want more of the same yeah. <laughs> so yeah just uh, you know all those i told you so's showing up right here in memorials in the avium i wouldn't be surprised a dub if you know the you know the the thread pops up in a few weeks, like oh, like I, I tried out Avion. This game is actually it's a pretty good game. Got it on I game can't games. wait. I can't <laughs> wait.
0: <laughs>
1: got it on. Got it on PS Plus.
0: <laughs> Why yeah. is nobody talking about this?
1: What happened to this developer? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but um,
0: it ten freeway. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it's open back up. Uh, so yeah, it's um it's unfortunate, but you know, cautionary tale. And, you know, hopefully, as you said, they're going to collect the bag. So once again, like, not once again, but a good thing that comes from these subscription services is it is a revenue source. (laughs) After after a game launches, if your game comes out, it does bad. There is at least another bag that you can look forward to outside of, you know, if you can't rely on sales (laughs) to carry you. And it's unfortunate too, because, you know, laugh, but uh, they did layoff. They did have layoffs after this game flopped, and so that's unfortunate. But um, yeah, at least they do have the option of going to these subscription services, collecting a bag there, uh, from PlayStation and Microsoft, and hopefully will help them fund their next project. Um, and they're
0: basically getting paid to possibly boost their sales.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get a couple people like, yeah, a couple people get their hands on it. And that it pops up. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody might go out and buy it. So who knows? So yeah, that's that's good. That's good. But unfortunate situation for immortals Avium, but a dub. You want to get? I into got it next? on.
0: My, I got it on my wish list.
2: Yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Yes. <laughs> you want to get into the next topic of the week? Top topic of the week. Well, if you're one of the many people that still hasn't enjoyed the splendor of Cyberpunk 2077, well, I got some good news for you. They got an Ultimate Edition, and it's coming next month. Month, month, month. month. month, month. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 Ultimate Edition will be released on December 5th. Oh, same day, manga comes out. Aw. <laughs> Yes, the edition is like a game of the year or complete edition. It's going to give players the Phantom Liberty expansion and the main game all is one complete package. It's going to be coming to PS5, the series X and S, as well as PC. This is coming from IGN, Ryan Dinsdale. Uh, A physical edition for consoles will also mark the first time Cyberpunk 2077 comes packaged under current generation banners with only a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One version of the game available physically previously. The Ultimate Edition will not be released for those consoles. However, as Phantom Liberty wasn't either. So, yeah, let me see what's coming in the package. That was the important little caveat in this story, because I believe here we go. The Xbox Series Xbox contains three discs with the base game and expansion. The PlayStation 5 box includes a game disc with Cyberpunk 2077 and a code for the expansion to be redeemed at the PlayStation Store. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) The PC version comes with the GOG code for both the base game and the expansion, the reason for the difference in how the Phantom Liberty is included in the Ultimate Edition is due to technical requirements specific to each platform. See, uh, I believe that has something to do with how I believe the Sony is using like dual-layer Blu-ray technology so they can use larger discs or fit more data on it. So in their case, they would just have the one disc with the code for Phantom Liberty. Whereas with the Xbox, they're just using standard Blu-rays or something like that. So they need to have three discs. However, at the same token, it's the only version that has Phantom Liberty on disc. So for all games there, you, games preservationists out there, just brought in a big one. AMC, are you going to end up just firing up the game that you have? Or are you going to get this clean edition? For no good reason at all, when you could just the <laughs> DLC. <laughs> I have to think of. Play. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: no, I won't be buying this, but I think it's cool that it's out there. People, people, people want to make sure that there's, yeah, as you said, the games preservation. Yeah, ponies, <laughs> whatever we're calling them, uh, we didn't name for them. Um, the historians. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll be happy. It's cool that they got this, and I mean, just let the good times roll, A-Dub. <laughs> a dub.
0: Fantastic game, yeah. great state. Two update got it where it needs to be. Phantom Liberty, this top grade content in a new region in Night City. So it's got the if you're silver performance, just knocking it out the park. Just just butter. <laughs> melting in every scene whenever he's in it. Like, it's just, oh, man, this is... Like, when people ask if games are art, I think Cyberpunk has has proven that twice now. First with Keanu, but now with Idris. It's undeniable. So, yeah. If you've waited this long to get the game, your your patience is being greatly rewarded. And I envy anyone who gets to experience Cyberpunk like this for the first time. So, I get to experience like this Many times over but if this was the first one Like it's in It's in game of the generation Territory And keep in mind it did come out on last gen Consoles But it's just, it's interesting that the best version Of the game isn't available on last gen uh, AMC how do you feel about it?
1: Um, wait about the the Last gen version not getting This complete edition?
0: that Cyberpunk has made this tremendous turnaround. and has become like an icon of gaming. Like it should have been since the beginning because that core experience was always there. But now it's just like you you can't tear it down anymore. There's nothing left. They they did it. And it sucks that it took this long. Do you think, could it have been possible for them to delay it until now? Just three more years. Could you imagine Yeah, I mean,
1: that's why it's like it's important like uh, that. I mean, yeah, I couldn't imagine if they did delay it, but it's also at the same time, it's like maybe maybe this terrible launch was exactly what they needed to kind of like figure things out with the game and like retool it once it got out into the world, maybe not in the worst possible state. They delayed it like maybe a year, maybe not wouldn't have been as big of a disaster as it was. Uh, clearly because they did do some updates in that in that launch period um uh, to try to help try to save the game. Um but yeah uh I don't know man it's like it's once again it's one of those things it's they're self-publishing, right? And so it's like they have their forecasts and I believe they're publicly traded because it was one of those things that like, oh their stock went down <laughs> with yeah. the with the launch of Cyberpunk. So you know you gotta hit certain numbers as we saw with the Mortis Avium like they, they do these forecasts and they set these windows for when they plan to launch a game. And a lot of, as, as they said, marketing dollars and whatnot goes into, you know, preparing for, for that launch. And it, it's so weird. Cause I got it. I, I'm curious to know the business of the industry and like, why would it make sense to, you know, one, take that big of a hit, like uh, from a, from a consumer standpoint and, you know, with the refunds and all the all the trouble that that's going to cause and the, the help center calls the support center calls and all that stuff um and why not just like push that headache off to later but like maybe it's just one of those things where it's like like you're worried about the investors like pulling out and that would be an even bigger hit if you're not hitting your your dates that you've told and that are gonna you know just be these big influxes of cash so I don't really understand it. It just seems like the easy answer is, you know, because from, from my perspective, it's always like delay. And we hear from other developers, like like Nintendo, where they're just like, yeah, delay, like I forgot who it was at Nintendo who said it, but it's like, you only get one launch. And so you want to make sure you get it right. And so delay is the best policy to have when it comes to those situations. I just don't understand like the workings behind it, but it, it seemed like, right, like if you're going to launch a game like Immortals Avium in the middle of all these heavy hitters, you would think it'd be like, hey, let's just move this to January.
2: <laughs> <See how we laughs> do
1: but like, for some reason, like he, they felt like they had to hit it. Like EA either said no, or they were like, we're already moved on to the next project. So we need to get this out there. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me. But what's cool is that they were able to make this big misstep, fix it and become like just this, I mean, this they're now juggernauts again as far as i'm concerned because people are going to be excited about their their next game based on what they've been able to do with these updates to um cyberpunk to make it even grander than what they were than what people even wanted at launch they've somehow now exceeded that point with the updates and so um yeah it's it's great that you know a company like this could redeem itself and hopefully, you know, the community will allow them to, you know, work and not hold this against them forever.
0: Like they normally do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, like like, you do. <laughs> Dude,
0: if they delayed it another three years, yeah. I think they just, they probably would have gotten more backlash.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it does development like, hell.
0: People are leaving the company. You know, there'd be all those stories. <laughs> but then it still does the same commercially. And yeah, like, but, so the investors left, but that means they get a bigger cut of the pie and the money just flows in. All the yeah. investors are like, God <laughs> damn it. <Yeah.
1: laughs> it's all too soon. Um, yeah, they sold low, is the problem. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, let's get
0: to the next topic of the week. Topic of the
1: week. week. Top, week. week. Now, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with that topic. And, uh, all right, we are back. Let's get into this next topic of the week. Uh, topic of week. week this is a store from last week but i i couldn't pass by this one this by way of pc gamer with an assist from ign um so the the title of this article is wonder woman will not be a live service game <laughs> yeah. um so yeah, you know there's a theme with amc and live service games so let's keep it going all right so Last week, a job listing for a lead software engineer on Monolith's Wonder Woman game popped up with requirements like knowledge of 3D math commonly used in game development and prior experience working in a 3D game engine, Unreal, Unity, etc. Among non-essential nice-to-haves was experience helping maintain a live software product or game.
2: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: people People jumped all over that. Um, there was a story, I believe the previous week where I don't know it was like one of the heads was uh, at I don't know if it was Warner Brothers, but basically said, yeah, we want to make more live service properties out of like some of our um you know, some of our bigger characters in the DC universe, which people took that as every game that they're gonna put out now from the DC universe is going to be a live service game. And then this story comes out with a person, Who, you know, with the job description, with the job listing, and then they're like, oh, another one. It's truth. It's fact. So then Warner Brothers, um, they responded to IGN, you know, sometimes outlets will reach out and they'll say, they'll say, oh, they they failed to comment. (laughs) We asked them about it, but we did get a, a quick comment from Warner Brothers on this one. So proactively- stepping up to the plate. So Warner Brothers responded with a statement to IGN denying it was making Wonder Woman a live service game. Wonder Woman is a single player. So this this is straight from Warner Brothers. Wonder Woman is a single player action adventure game set in a di- dynamic open world. This third person experience will allow players to become Diana of the maseria or the Themysira. And introduce an original story set in the DC universe while also featuring the nemesis system. What?
2: Bringing it back.
1: Wonder oh. Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman is not being designed as a live service game. And that is the end of the statement. So one, we got we got some details about Wonder Woman in this. But, yeah, uh, that's
0: that's the bigger news of the story <laughs> than this bullshit that the media tried to <laughs> manufacture the
1: nemesis system is still alive adub so we're learning that it's coming in a
0: superhero game yeah
1: finally finally in a uh, wonder woman game <laughs> like what yes so Battles gonna get
0: tougher against key npcs like
2: what
1: <laughs> <laughs> so adub one yeah speak on this you know the the overreaction the, the fear-mongering when it comes to the live service games and then this news that we got about wonder woman and 3D open world or third person open world experience with a nemesis system.
2: Holy shit. I'm just blown <laughs>
0: away by I'm blown away by those details. Like I, I didn't even read those because I just saw the story and I, I saw the nonsense. I was just like, yeah, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Maybe I should read these stories and see what the real story is that they're trying to hide beneath the controversy. But yeah, they're just taking advantage of that knee-jerk reaction to live service games. And like there's nothing to really there's there's not much to say that hasn't been said about that. It's people just as soon as they see it or hear it, they freak out, they hinge everything that the game will ever be worth on the fact that it's live service or always online and then they just they don't pay attention to it. but you know, they they run they try to rub that off as being like the reason that live service games are bad when it's like, no, the game itself is probably just bad because when there are good live service games, people stick around for those and play those in well beyond their natural shelf life if they were to be just one and done single player experiences. So folks got to quit with the knee jerk, especially with Street Fighter 6 in the wild and nobody coming at it sideways for its live service elements, nobody's saying anything about that. Division Two still going strong, Destiny Two still going strong, Diablo Four still going strong and stronger with each season. Overwatch Two, the game that oh they didn't need to make it, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need to get rid of the old Overwatch, <laughs> and then the same people tell you that it's not that different from the original Overwatch. So it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah. So whatever, yeah. but yeah, man, it's I'm just, I'm happy about those details like open world, nemesis system. You know, see now I need to know more about Wonder Woman. I got the um the Earth One books for her. Yes. Yeah, I, I read the first one. I have the second one. It's probably still in the plastic. I need to read that. It just like really expose myself to what's going on in her her realm and with her story. I'm excited about that, man. I, I want to see what the next iteration of the Nemesis system is. I'd like to see that technology catch on and appear in more games, different kinds of games. So Blizzard, of course, has their own, like Nemesis. They had their Nemesis system in Diablo three, and now they're saying that the the butcher serves as the Nemesis in this game. Mm. So they have their own ideas on that, but man. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm very I'm very excited because I want to play as Wonder Woman. I think it's long overdue to get her an action game of even the the most bare minimum quality, which you don't have to do too much to make Wonder Woman work. She has a sword and a shield and a whip. All you gotta do is get that whip tight. That's the only soft spot. Oh, huh, I can't wait. Yeah, Black bullets. <laughs>
1: Finding that invisible jet.
2: <laughs> uh. Dude,
0: can you can you imagine like just just move the left stick forward a little bit? She walks, you're holding the the block button, and she's just shrugging off bullets while just casually walking through a battlefield. Yeah. Uh. If they all they have to do is get that part right and make it a, a gameplay mechanic. If they do that, this game will sell itself.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the only one to Woman Fantasy you gotta do right
1: exactly i completely agree yeah um yeah super excited about this you know you already know how i feel i've i've, I've beaten it to a pulp <laughs> i feel about people and their opinions when it comes to you know live service yes, it's no, sure. like, yeah it's uh just the, the complete like just overreaction to any type of news that it's like they've now the nfts have gone away they they can now do put all their focus into live service hate because it was like for a period if any if any CEO or, you know, just high ranking C-suite official at a company just said something about NFTs, it'd be like a headline on like a, on a podcast <laughs> when it came to gaming. And so um, now that that's, I kind of died down. It's the, the thing now to focus on is live service. We got We got to We got to drown that out with our hate. Um, so yeah, it's uh one, it's great to see that. I think people, have, one, they've already decided WB is done based on their, based on people's tepid feelings when it comes to the, the suicide squad game yeah <laughs> and now that just bleeding into anything that wb puts out moving forward or publishes moving forward um so yeah that's that is what it is but yeah this is I'm so curious to see what they do because yeah we all we know Wonder Woman obviously like it, this this could be the testing ground because if they get it right with Wonder Woman like if anything it's what's good is they try this out with Wonder Woman see how they do with this nemesis system to get it right in time for batman because you know that that rogues gallery is what i want to see that nemesis system like just utilize in its fullest <laughs> um potential when it comes to that so i think it's good let's, let's do with wonder woman um i think that one just an open world one wonder one woman, wonder woman game is going to be dope as hell just being that amazon moving through the city uh handling that business um she has cool powers she has she has weapons she she got the gauntlets so you can you can do some cool things there
0: and then run fast and jump high
1: yeah and jump far she has like a bunch of different outfits so that is a thing that could be definitely utilized when it comes to
0: cosmetics um Give him stats, just give me stats. Yeah, <laughs> give them stats, and make them TR necessary piece of equipment if you want to do a TR throw.
1: Yeah, throw the TR <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, boomerang! That shit. uh, yeah, so they can have, do have casual clothes, have your earth clothes. They're like, obviously, you could see that, like, just having missions, you got to investigate. Wrapping people up in your in your lasso of truth,
2: interrogating <laughs> them, interrogating <laughs> them <laughs> dialogue. I
1: was
0: just trying to the, the stronger their mind, the more difficult the minigame. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, they could do some really fun things with Wonder Woman, and just the idea that like she is going to get her own full fledged, uh, you know, because I can't think of too many, you know, superhero female led games, um, and Wonder Woman okay. is one of those properties that like I think is gonna i think you know could withstand you know the uh the uh like i i can't i can't relate to this like crowd and so it'll be interesting to see, i want them i want to see them put out a um yeah a wonder woman game just because i think they could do some really interesting and fun things there with that character and you know and and not be overly criticized from certain segments of the community
0: <laughs> infamous first light ps4
1: Oh, okay. There Expansion
0: we go. DLC. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> to infamous second son with Delson the dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, your girl Abigail Walker. That's right. Got give her her. It. Yeah, give yeah. her yeah, get Getting trained, getting trained in captivity to use her powers, and then getting released <laughs> upon the upon the city of Seattle. Oh man, I miss infamous so much. I really hope they go back like do an infamous three, do an infamous reboot, but I need something in that infamous two vein again because it, uh, greatest original superhero IP ever made.
1: Yeah, so good. And, and Spider Man has done so well that we probably will never see it again. Oh no, that's insomniac.
0: Maybe Second like Frush. Yeah, something we'll we we'll we got we'll Wolverine, take a break. got Wolverine
1: coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll take a break. You know, we got Ghost of Tsushima we, you know that second one's coming. Maybe, it's maybe gonna we'll be get,
0: amazing. Maybe can we'll you get second punch after that. <laughs> I mean, not, can you so- imagine if it's current gen only? Infamous. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, too.
1: I, I know. Yeah, that's gonna be insane. <laughs>
2: I, current, I, I feel, like, I feel, I, only, I, yeah, yeah.
0: And also, like with with the tips and tricks from Guerrilla Games with how they rendered Horizon Forbidden West, so it's just every single aspect of the armors, it everything around in the environment is just lifelike in detail
1: oh, it's gonna be so good yeah I'm, i i can't wait that lighting everything because that game is all about like atmosphere uh and setting and so yeah i cannot i can't wait to see what that looks like and how they will take advantage that performance mode you put in that quality mode
0: <laughs> see the um, murmurations again
1: yeah <laughs> So yeah, and like there's there's like not a lot that they have to do, but there is like a lot that they could take advantage of to take the game to the next level. And so I'm I'm excited to see where they decide to improve and what what they decide to add to the game because it was already a masterpiece. And so I I'm very curious to see what they do. Maybe get like they didn't have like dual blade samurai in it, did they?
2: Well, two hands yeah. stance. Yeah. <laughs> so they can oh, do,
1: get man. that that what, that Musashi. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shit, do.
0: even have. Um, I think more games need to get back into including tracking as a game mechanic, but just really do it up and make it more realistic. So not where you have detective vision and you're just following the highlighted footprints that are evenly spaced, but like you actually see damage to the environment because we already have destructibility, We already already have deformation and, you know, burning and trampling of certain foliage, things like that. But you can make things very distinct and visual to like, oh, I went over there. Oh, I came through here. Oh, there's, there's some dung over there. Oh, you know, still getting off some heat. It's <laughs> not too far. not <laughs> oh, there's some blood. Get some blood. Yeah, I would... <laughs> What like, I want, get in there and then, like, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, speaking of Nemesis system, like, I want that, like, that kind of, like, si- like, like, Fudo Japan, like, samurai sim game where it's like, 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 dudes who would just be like, I-, I hear that there's a badass in this town. <laughs> like, they're talking about you. Like, yeah. They're coming to challenge you. Like, I want that. Like,
0: <laughs> but they really do that. Like, they come yeah. out and seek you depending yeah. on where they are in their game world. Cause, like, they, maybe there's a way you can see how news is traveling further ahead of you Mm -hmm. and then as that's happening then suddenly you just see these people coming, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, some from the in the district. I've oh, <laughs> heard things about a swordsman.
2: He's <laughs> been yeah. working out of this town.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like they're looking for her, like like the, the swordsman that, that smells like flower petals.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or they
0: just they find you in the middle of the road. Or they find yeah. you like they're they're looking for you, they're tracking you. They're using yeah. <laughs> the tracking mechanics. They're following word of your exploits. They're getting on your trail, I'm like, ah oh, yes, he's he's still here. <laughs> The Sunflower. Like, imagine if they went through town looking for you. Just, like, you're, you're at a brothel or something, you're looking out the window slats, and you see dudes, like, moving, showing pictures and things to people in the stores. Like, you see the guy point at the window at you.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, where is that in the open world game where that's, like, a dynamic thing that can just happen? Yeah,
1: like you got a choice. Like you can run, or you, like can you can run,
0: take you can go in the streets, yeah. you <laughs> fight, you fight inside. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my tea house fights. Yeah. In these kind of games, like when do I go in the tea house? Like all the dudes stand up, all the patrons back yeah. away.
1: That Mugen fucking <laughs> taking out all the dudes. Yeah. Like I went to that.
0: <laughs> do you think they'll give you an AI campaign and you have like that Gene Mugen playoff? Or like two two protagonists, but they work as a crew. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh man, that would be that would be great. That would be awesome. I don't know if they would do that yet. I mean, they could utilize that GTA mechanic uh, in some way, but I don't know. I haven't seen anybody else really try to attempt it the way GTA has done. No, Rockstar's the same.
0: Mind is racing just thinking about the possibilities. (laughs) Like simple. Common sense things that are like, yo, this was dope. In this, put this in that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy,
1: I know, I know, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, yeah, you have uh, another topic of the week,
0: Ado. Top topic of no, no, the no. week. This is a little sad news and a long string of sad news throughout the industry. Well, sad, bittersweet. Who knows? It depends. Let's, let's let the people decide. Returnal director Harry Kruger to lead PlayStation Studio housemark after fourteen years. Uh-huh. It should be noted that Kruger did not share the reason for his departure. He's pushed, uh, out. <laughs> yeah, pushed out. Pushed out. as part of the acquisition.
1: <laughs> Him and Jim Ryan. That happened
0: like, what, two, three years ago?
1: <laughs> because, because they wanted to do a live service game.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, that's why. See. Uh, Kr- Kruger says, it's been an honor to accompany Housemark on this journey, witnessing our growth from our smaller arcade-inspired titles to the magnificent heights we reach with Returnal. we really shook the pillars of heaven together, and I will forever be proud of all the amazing things we've accomplished as a studio. Departing from Housemart was a very difficult decision, but I'm leaving the company with nothing but deep gratitude for the past and a glowing optimism for the future. With an exciting new project in the works, a fantastic team that's stronger than ever, and the continuous support of Sony and PlayStation Studios, I know that Housemart's brightest chapter has yet to be written. AMC, are you holding back tears like I am?
1: Yeah. Uh, um. No, I'm not. I I wasn't familiar with this cat, but you know they they put out great games. A Um. I'm sure you have a a stronger stronger sense for Housemart games than I do, and so you you can speak more on this. I'm 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 not great with these types of stories where like like this in, individual laugh. And then, like you know, people do that thing where it's like, well, it's it's not even the same team. It's not the same <laughs> studio anymore. <laughs>
2: it's
1: like they have like their engine, all their d, de- all their information. But yeah, they're, they're somehow like now just incompetent.
0: <laughs> how smart, only a name, as if everybody just changed overnight.
1: Yeah. So you know, you know how it you know how this goes. So um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but I mean, how, how do you feel? How do you feel about this, dude? You know, it's.
0: He seems excited. He seems to know what's going on. I guess they're working on something new, which is going to be very interesting to see. housemark has always come with original titles. I, I go back to Super HD on the PlayStation 3. That was... It was arcade goodness, but in a, on a console in my home and it was like... It was so nostalgic, yet also so like innovative and fresh and original. It was just... It really gave me a full impression of what House Mark is and who they are. So that was my original introduction to the company. I I started playing around with Dead Nation because, hey, House Mark, I like Superstars HD. You're doing a zombie game, I like zombies. Let's get this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I got into it, it, there was more there than what I was ready to handle at the time. And I didn't give it the time that it deserved. I didn't get into Alien Nation or Matterfall or or Next Machina. But when Returnal came along, like that was an instant day one. Just th- this is what I've been waiting for. Sci-fi, roguelike, third-person shoot, high production values. Like th- This is everything. This is great. And this is after Housemark was, you know, they reached a critical point in their careers. Where it was either the we depart from our we depart from what it is we want to make in order to make what we believe will work and keep the lights on or we'd stick to our guns and keep forging ahead. They were working on the live service game, but luckily, you know, something along the way turned into returnal. So thank you, sir. Harry Krueger, thank you for your work. Thank you for giving me one of my greatest games of all time without question. And look forward to whatever it is you decide to do next with your career. AMC.
1: Uh, I actually have no more topics, A dub. Uh do you have any more? Or do you want to get into the uh you know <laughs> what we're thankful for?
2: Well, let's get let's
0: get into what we're thankful for. Let's right. let's finish this off right for the holiday. Yes. Yeah, it's
1: uh yeah. We have no trolls this week. It's a uh it's a week of gratitude. So we're not going to we're not going to end the episode with with with, you know, venom <laughs> and all that, I, guess all the whole,
0: I guess the whole no phones at the dinner table probably worked out. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we we're searching for y'all. <laughs> y'all are good. Good this week, I guess. Um And so, yeah, we, we thought the better way to attack this would be, you know, let's talk about what we've been grateful for. And this is this is a year for a lot to be grateful for, um, despite, you know, some of the things that are also unfortunate with what's going on with um you know layoffs and whatnot but this mm-hmm. is a big year in gaming so adub uh, do you want to lead off with what you're grateful for in 2023
0: gaming in 2023 gaming i'm grateful for current gen only titles because they are really showing off with the consoles are capable of and are also demonstrating that, hey, as great as this is, there's even more that can be done. You know, I'm just grateful for the games that we've gotten that I've experienced that I've yet to experience. There's, you know, I'm adding a lot of stuff to my wish list, but I'm getting through the things that I enjoyed. I finished off Starfield. So that was a, a big check mark off of the list. I'm still playing the hell out of it. But at some point, I'm going to direct my attention to something else that deserves my attention, so I can be grateful for that as well. AMC, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I was have yeah like say, you have a lot of things. You got you finally got Armor Core this year. You got Armor, Starfield, finally. Got <laughs>
0: Starfield, got Diablo. Yeah, I mean. Got Forspoken because <laughs> I loved it. I don't care what anybody else says. Yeah.
1: I mean, mine, obviously, was that... Um, my big one was Diablo four this year. I was so looking forward to it. Um, and it definitely met the expectations. Um, especially just off off of all the goodness that we put into Diablo three and just all those years. And now getting to play Diablo on, you know, on a PS five, and it just those Ugh. quality of life changes that they did to still give me that same co op or at least a similar co-op experience to Diablo Three, when it was just you and me chilling in the studio apartment playing Diablo Three at like two in the morning, drunk as shit, <laughs> passing, <Yeah>. passing out, <laughs> pa- passing out mid mid match, <laughs> mid horde, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mid mid run, just waking up,
0: getting hit on all sides, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're dumb, yeah. dumb, you. Wait- <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> the, the I'm Riff, running into a wall. The rift
1: Guardian is fucking me up. Yeah. Um, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like uh just so many good times. And having now the PS5, being able to talk to you through the controller, um, easy, easy connection, like just like send that invite, hop in, turn on the voice chat, talk oh. to the homie is like it's just like sitting right next to each other. Um and yeah, just a great overall experience. The other one I would say is Stardew Valley, the the surprise experience. Well, no, surprise, not surprise. Game that I've been looking forward to, but once I sat down and played it, just far exceeding <laughs> my expectations and just taking over a good segment of the year when it came to like I watched no TV, I played no other games, like <laughs> it was just all Stardew, uh for a period of time, and I was I'm here for it. I was happy that I got to experience that. And so, yeah, it's just an overall year. I would say if there's a, a through line with those two things, it's great. A, a year of great co-op experiences. And that's like my, that's, those are one of my highlights. I mean, you could throw in Overwatch 2, E-single, A-dub. But mm-hmm. yeah, those are definitely some of my greatest like times of gaming is just hopping on with the homie, hopping on with my wife, hopping on with my homie's brother <laughs> and 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 all, all playing video games together. Like that's they say video games are very like you know singular experience, um, solitary experience, but you know it is a way to connect people. And I, I when those moments happen, I definitely don't want to take those for granted. So yeah, I uh, awesome year in gaming, a and we're about to find out how awesome because this game of the year debate
0: is going to be out of control. Oh my goodness! We're going to find out what the real awards
2: are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly it'll be interesting to see what game of the year is at the real awards at the real awards yeah yeah because people are already saying like oh you just want to pay attention to BAFTA and DICE
1: yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> we're, we're pushing it <laughs> yeah. moving the golfos to to those awards
0: it's like I mean just look at the like have we gotten to the point where there's an awards aggregate yet that's similar to Metacritic, but it's for awards. So you can aggregate all the different shows and weight all the different trophies, and then you, once yeah. and for all, get like an official tabulation of what the best game of the year was in yeah. every category, based yeah, on like, awards one.
1: Yeah, it's like nine out of ten sites voted this game number one.
0: <laughs> Which is yeah. how people should be looking at the awards anyway. Yeah. It's like, if some... If something has won multiple awards, like that, usually means it's something that's worth your time. So it's not about which awards it has won; it's about whether it's getting awards at all.
1: Exactly. So yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. Um, and yeah, just awesome year, awesome year. I don't wanna don't wanna overlook that because we got. I mean, it sucked. COVID like definitely fucked a lot of things up, but because of COVID, we got. Just an absolute insane year of just games mm-hmm. all coming out on top of each other. Um, so yeah, it's uh very much an awesome, awesome experience. I, I will say, do you have any final th- words? Oh, you're gonna say, do
0: you think Baldur's Gate? <laughs> do you think Baldur's Gate's threes? Do you think Baldur's Gate 3? <laughs> sets uh you think it beats The Last of Us 2 and sets a new record for most Game of the Year awards? Oh. Because uh, I think the record is like 300. Oh, man. Which I mean, should it's... also tell you why we need an aggregate.
1: So, w- w- oh, Last of Us. Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe it could. Because what I was going to say was that, like, well, like, uh, you know, there's going to be exclusives that people are going to vote on no matter what. <laughs> like, you know, like, like Starfield or Zelda from the Nintendo community. But I mean, last of us wasn't exclusive. So you can't say that. Yeah. I, you can't, yeah, you can't rule out that being a possibility. So yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I could see that being the case. Just hard. Yeah. To, it's just hard to imagine. <laughs> but, so yeah. it looks
0: like the last of us two is holding with the most awarded video game of all time. Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I could see that. I can see that.
0: Um, yeah, where's the Elden people... Ring officially? Oh, did somebody say Elden Ring is officially? Really? Oh, it has 324. So Elden Ring is the game to beat. Can Baldur's Gate 3 take down Elden Ring? <laughs> Most awarded? I don't know. I think it's entirely possible. It's a different, it's a fantasy for all the people who aren't Souls fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they've been waiting for that for a very long time because, you know, Lord of the Rings wasn't exactly killing it. And The Witcher, you know, that was the last one, but it came out several years before The Last of Us Part II when it set the record, when Last of Us Two set the record. So this is the current, like, fantasy juggernaut that could take back the dark fantasy crown. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I mean,
1: it was just so undeniable, like, Elden Ring (laughs) when it came out. Um like people tried. They tried and they failed. <laughs> so oh, they it's still they do that.
2: They yeah, still do. Like yeah,
1: it doesn't run properly. It's not some, it's not a masterpiece from a performance perspective.
0: Like, some <laughs> dude online said that it it didn't like attract new people. It only it only got people who already play Souls games. And I was like, Well, Dark Souls 3 sold 10 million units, Elden <laughs> Ring sold 20 million yeah. So where did this extra ten million people come from that already played Souls games? Mm-hmm. They didn't show up for Dark Souls Three or <laughs> any of the previous games, since Dark Souls Three was the highest selling one before Elden Ring. So where did they come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's definitely I could see it, man. But it's just just because it was such a stacked year, it's hard to believe. But then there, are, like, there are a lot of people who are just say like it's unden- like. Boulder's Gate 3 is undeniable so i could see that like when it's time to you know when it's time to actually cast their votes it'll be interesting to see how many people go against you know that idea but also maybe because i didn't hear a lot of negativity so it's like literally like if people are picking against it it's almost just a a preference thing like i i just really enjoyed final fantasy I 16 i enjoyed I know, it
2: I,
0: yeah <laughs> i think i think starfield might siphon off enough Game of the year awards, yeah. Keep Baldur's Gate 3 down,
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because I feel like the Xbox community is going to go hard for, for Starfield
0: and Nintendo yeah. community is going to go hard for Zelda. Zelda it, it'll yeah. be split. Like, yeah. if Baldur's Gate 3 was the game that could do it, but it came yeah. out in a year when it probably can't do it,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, I, I yeah, exactly. But I, I think it'll be interesting, I can't wait to see, but um, yeah, we, we'll have to wait and see. A-Dub. Uh, do you have any final words before we get out of here?
0: Nah, man, I've said enough. All right,
1: well, this is control issues. I am very good to see. You are
0: control issues. Thanks.